the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we need to keep our joy up. What the devil is trying to attack and take from us is our joy. The Bible says that our faith, the Bible talks about the joy of your faith. So your faith requires great joy, amen? And so we've got to do whatever it takes to keep our joy up. The Bible says someplace you've got to leap for joy. Good, that's good. Sometimes you've got to leap for it, which means you've got to spring from where you are and grab a hold of it. Hallelujah. Leap for joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. I want you to just turn around and give somebody a big hug and let them know you're glad to see them. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Are y'all happy for real? That, that was a quiet greeting. Y'all was like, hey. Hey, how you doing? Hallelujah. Well, let's just sing a couple songs tonight before we get into the word of God. Hallelujah. You ready for that? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most high. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most high. Oh, blessed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most high. Oh, yes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Got it now. Come on, sing it out. Oh, blessed, blessed be the name of. Oh, blessed, blessed. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Most High. Oh, blessed be the name of. Oh, blessed be the name. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Most. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Oh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Oh, the righteous run into it and they are saved. Oh, the name of the Lord is oh, a strong tower. Oh, the righteous run into they are saved. Oh, the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Oh, the righteous run into it, and they are saved. Oh, the name of the Lord, a strong tower. The righteous, the righteous run in. Oh. So blessed be the name, blessed be the, oh blessed, oh blessed be the 
Strong Tower said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Oh, yes, the righteous run into it, and they are saved. Oh, the name of the Lord. Oh, yes, a strong tower. Oh, yes, the righteous. Oh, oh, blessed, blessed be the. Blessed, 
name of the Lord is coming. It's a strong tower. Say it. Name of Oh, a strong tower. Oh, the righteous run into it. And they are saved. Oh, the name of the Lord. Yes, a strong tower. Oh, yes. Are y'all tired yet? Oh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Oh, the righteous. Oh, come on, see it, see it, see it, see it. The name of the Lord. See yourself running into safety. Oh, yes, the righteous. Come on, righteous people tonight. And they... The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord is. See yourself running in tonight. See yourself safe from every virus. From every attack of the enemy tonight. From every plan, from every plot of the wicked one. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Come on, clap like this, clap like this, come on. The name of the Lord is oh, a strong tower. That's good, y'all, come on. The righteous run into it, and they are saved. Oh, yes, the name of the Lord. Woo, a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are saved. I just run into it and they are saved. Oh, yes, the righteous run into it and they are saved. Oh, the righteous run into it and they are saved. One more time, the righteous run into and they are. See yourself running in right now. See yourself safe. See yourself lifted high above all the enemy's attacks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're singing, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh. For he's worthy to be praised and adored. So we lift up holy hands with one accord. Singing blessed. Singing blessed. Come on, Sopranos, you got to sing it out. Singing, blessed be, everybody say it, come on. Of the Lord, for he's worthy to be praised. Here's where you got to hit it, ladies, come on. Oh, so we lift up holy hands with one. That's it. 
he's worthy to be praised and adored. Oh, so with one. place tonight. Lift your hands to worship him in this place. Come on. You can use your own mouth, use your own words. Come on, just talk to him for a moment. Just worship him for a moment. Bless his name tonight in this place. Come on, delight in him tonight just for a moment. Come on. Let your soul delight in him. Let your soul delight in him. Come on and give the Lord the fruit of your lips. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your sacrifice of praise to him tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you're wonderful. You're holy. You're mighty. You're my Savior, my Redeemer, my Lord. You're my King and you're my Keeper. You're my Father. You're my friend, oh God. You are Lord of Lords. You are King of Kings. You are God of Gods. You're the great I am. Everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Hallelujah. Bless his name in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, we glorify you in this place. We adore you. We adore you, Lord. We glorify your name. Sweet Spirit of the living God, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you to have your way in this place tonight. Be glorified in this place. Be magnified in this place. Hallelujah. We extol you, Lord. We magnify your name tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. We glorify your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Rabba, Rabba, Shorabba, Shita. 
Father, in this place tonight, we thank you for this gathering of your people. Thank you that God in this house tonight, Lord, your very presence, your very spirit, your very essence is always here. And God, as we have come in filled with the Holy Ghost, thank you for filling our hearts. Thank you for filling our lives. Thank you, God, that in this place, you are king. In our lives, you are king. And we declare wherever we are and wherever we go, you are king. And we bow before you tonight. We humble ourselves in humble adoration before you tonight. God, thanking you for the privilege and honor of being your children, your sons and your daughters. Thanking you, Lord, tonight that, God, you've blessed us and you've kept us and you've brought us together once again. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your care. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your divine protection. Thank you so much for, Lord, your unlimited supply, for your divine provision that you give to us. Thank you, Lord, that our bin of flour has not run out, God. Thank you, Lord. Our, bar Lord, our oil has not run dry. Thank you, Lord, that you've not allowed the enemy's plans, his plot to overtake us. Think of that you've stayed us from the hand of the enemy. And what he planned, what he plotted, what he schemed, it has failed against us. Hallelujah. For you've brought us out victoriously, Father. And you're leading us from victory to victory to victory to victory. Thank you, Lord. That in you we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Tonight in this place we're so thankful that we have the opportunity to come together in Lord among the saints of God in the household of faith to gather together around your word together with people of like precious faith God that's so meaningful to me that we can be together with people of like precious faith and come together and worship together and dine together at your table tonight feed us from heaven Feed us from heaven, Lord. Give us the bread of life. In the name of Jesus. Pour out water on ground that's thirsty tonight. We're thirsty for you. Thirsty for the freshness of your spirit. Tonight, Lord, we ask you to refresh, Lord, our souls. Hallelujah. Refresh our souls. In the name of Jesus. Oh, fresh rain, fresh rain, fresh rain in us, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that we walk out of this place tonight, Lord, refreshed, revived, rejuvenated, in the name of Jesus, for we know the devil is trying to wear out the saints, but God, you are our mighty fortress, you are the shade upon our right hand. You are our shield and our buckler. We say of you, Lord, you are our refuge and our fortress, our God. In you we will trust. So God, tonight our hope is you. Our hope is you, Lord. Hallelujah. And we love you tonight. Tonight, have your way. We bind every demonic force that would try to come in against the word, against your people, against the move of your spirit. We thank you for the five-mile bloodline all around this house. 
Thank you that, God, the enemy cannot penetrate this house. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you that no weapon formed against us will even prosper. Hallelujah. And God, we are protected. So, Lord, let your word and your spirit flow freely in this place tonight, unhindered, unchecked by any outside force. And let your people tonight, let us all lead tonight rich, 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 rich tonight. We let the word of God dwell in us richly, in all wisdom, in all spiritual understanding. So, Lord, fill us up tonight to overflowing, we pray. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Put those hands together tonight and give God a great praise. Give him honor and give him glory. Give him honor and give him glory tonight. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Are you happy tonight? Well, just shout the Lord. I'm happy. I'm happy. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. You know, God wants us to be happy. The Bible says in Psalm 144, happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. So if God is your Lord, you should be happy. Amen. Look at your neighbor. They look happy. Look at them. Let's look at them. If they don't look happy, stare them down until they look happy. Just stare them down. Until they smile, giggle, chuckle or something. If they don't do it, poke them in the side in the rear, make them chuckle or something. If that don't work, slap them in the face, tell them, get happy in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. you. may take your seats tonight. Thank you, Lord. Hey, how about just that air's hot? Yeah, it is to me. Glory to God. Are you glad to be in the house of God tonight? I'm so grateful that we are alive and uh, feeling good tonight. Enjoying the Lord. We used to sing a song back in the old days. I'm enjoying Jesus. Hallelujah. Y'all never heard it. Hallelujah. Yeah, y'all remember that now? Okay. I had to start it off. <laughs> We're supposed to be enjoying Jesus. That's it. That's it, Elder Baker. Enjoying Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In John 10, verse 10, the Amplified Bible, I don't know if you ever read that. But it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have and enjoy life to the full in abundance until it overflows. In abundance. Have and enjoy life. Have and enjoy life. Have and enjoy life. Ask your neighbor, are you enjoying your life? You, you better turn around and ask her because she, she enjoying sleep right now. Just, We're supposed to always be enjoying life. Not griping about life. Not just trying to survive, just trying to hang on for dear life. That's part of the curse. Deuteronomy 28 says, your life shall hang in doubt. That's part of the curse. You, you being uncertain, that's not the life. No, under blessing, we're victorious. We, we enjoy abundant life. Glory to God. Life just oozing out of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
the Bible says that Jesus Christ, the last Adam, says he became a life-giving spirit, a quickening spirit. So if you are walking with Jesus, you ought to have life just oozing out of you. Oozing with life. Somebody poke you, you bleed life. And when you're oozing with that kind of life, wherever you go, you can give life. Right? Jesus told the disciples, freely you have received, freely give. That's why when Peter got to the, to the beautiful gate and found a crippled man, he said, such as I have, I give to you. What does he have? Life. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is flowing through him, operating him. And he's able to give that, and you and I are able to share that. Anybody ever, ever had a car battery go dead on you? Yes. What did you have to do? You had to get somebody who had, whose battery still had life and give you a jump. <laughs> or you could have it told. But normal people just get jumper cables and have somebody who has life. Give me some of your life. One of these cell phone companies now is making this. They have the cell phones now where you can touch your cell phones to each other and transfer power. Isn't that? What company is that? Who is that? Oh, oh, that's not Apple? Oh. Oh, a cybersecurity issue. Okay. So, but the point is, whatever you have, you can give. That's why you and I have abundant life. That you might have life more abundantly. So we can not only have life for us, but bring life to others. You ought to walk into a room and it just light up. I say you ought to walk into a room and the whole room just light up. The party doesn't get started until you arrive. You're the life of the party. Glory to God. It don't don't even get crunk until you show up. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We're blessed tonight. We're getting ready to give in the evening offering. And uh, so if, if you need an offering envelope, raise your hands very quickly. Our ushers will give you an offering envelope so you can take part in that. Those of you watching at home, thank you for joining us tonight, wherever you are in the world. And uh, we're glad to have you. Grateful that you would tune in here. We know on the Internet you have millions of choices that you could, uh, where you could be tuning in tonight. So we thank you for tuning in to Exceeding Grace Christian Center here in St. Petersburg, Florida. And uh, God has something in store for each and every one of you. At home, you can also give in this offering tonight. You can give using our church app if you have that, or you can use our text to give uh, option, which is uh, you text 727-800-4252, and you can give your gift that way. Or you can use our website, exceedinggrace.cc backslash giving. And then, of course, you can use the old-fashioned way, which still works. Amen. USPS, I think they got more life in them now. And so you can still get your mail uh, here to the church or to our P.O. Box, rather, 12326, St. Petersburg, Florida, 33733. Amen? Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Now, most of you all come here ready to give already. 
Amen. So if you're ready to give at home, let's do it. Let's do it. Hallelujah. You ready? <clears throat> Father, thank you so much tonight for your wonderful provision. Hallelujah. God, you are simply the best. You're the best provider, the best father, the best giver, the best keeper, the best caretaker, the best supplier. You're the, you're the best of anything and everything we could ever hope for. And so, Lord, tonight we come bringing our best to you, Father, our tithes, our offerings, our first fruits, our partnerships, all the things that you've told us to do, Lord. We thank you that, Father, you've blessed us and provided for us so wonderfully, Lord. And, Lord, we don't, we don't grudgingly give or out of necessity. You love a cheerful giver, and we are cheerful because we realize, God, that what we're doing is simply returning back to you, a portion of that which you've given to us. And even the, the, the part that we go beyond in our offerings and so forth, Father, there's a harvest that's coming back to us, Father, beyond what our minds even can conceive. So thank you, Father, that we are living in the hour of a mighty, abundant harvest in our lives. So let it be to us according to your word. As we give now, Father, let it do what you sent it to do, Father. Let, let these offerings and these tithes be used to bless people through this city and throughout the world father thank you lord that we're able to be a blessing and we'll continue to be a greater blessing more and more as we go we give you thanksgiving and praise for in jesus name amen, amen. and amen praise god Grab your Bibles, open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2, we're going to read verses 12 and 13. We're going to keep cranking. Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13. Hallelujah. When you get it, put your finger in it, close your Bible, and let's stand and let's declare God's blessing over this word tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This word, the Bible says in Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Woo. Get this word on the inside of you. If you put rich seed in rich soil, what you think is going to come out? An abundant harvest, amen? So that's what we're going to do tonight. Get rich seed into rich soil. Is your soil rich? Yes. I don't have any waste out people on Wednesday nights, do I? All right. Okay. Let's declare God's blessing over this word tonight. This is my Bible. It is the inspired, infallible, immutable word of God. I long for it more than my necessary food. I love it, and I am never offended. I live by it, and I prosper in whatever I do. The word that I'm about to receive will sanctify me, build me up, 
and give me an inheritance among the saints. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's read Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13 together. Ready? Let's read to go. Let's go. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. All right, you may take your seats tonight. God is working in you. God is working in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Hallelujah. This is part five of what was supposed to be one part only. So this is part one E. <laughs> Glory to God. So I've been talking about divine purpose and divine assignment, divine destiny, how uh, you got to know they are the most important things that you, you can discover about your life. Okay? Uh, who you're going to marry is not the most important part. <clears throat> Who's, who you're going to marry is not the most important part. Who you're going to marry is a part of all this. But the most important thing to discover is what's my purpose? What's my assignment or assignments? What's my destiny? Destiny, where I'm going, purpose, why I'm doing it, assignments, what I'm doing. You got to know that because that's what gives our lives direction and meaning. Right? Without that, we're wandering around wasting time. And I don't know about you, but I don't have time to waste. At 49 years old, I wasted all my time when I, you know, between 1 and 17. Huh? Oh, some of y'all still wasting time. Okay, praise the Lord. No, you know, by the time you grow up, you hit 18, you better kind of know. Well, you ought to kind of, you ought to know. All right, well, maybe some of y'all, you didn't get born again until you turned 35. Okay, that's fine. Now you can learn. Amen. Everything else was a waste. That's what Jesus said. That's what the Word said. All those things, you know, that now you're ashamed of that didn't profit you before. Okay? But now once you get born again, you have a divine connection to the Holy Ghost. He's on the inside of you. And we have Romans eight fourteen. For as men as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Now, I'm placing a mandate on everybody. You memorize that one. I heard Dr. Lee Rotonda say, if you don't know that verse, you're not saved. <laughs> so you ought to memorize that one, amen? So we got to have some meaning and direction in our lives, okay? Now, I gave you this Sunday. I want to re repeat this, Acts 20, verse 24, in the Passion Translation, where Apostle Paul says this, it says, but whether I live or die is not important. That's a big statement. Because most people, are their biggest concern right now is about whether they live or die. But he says, but whether I live or die is not important. For I don't, I don't esteem my life as indispensable. It's more important for me to fulfill my destiny. And to finish the ministry my Lord Jesus has assigned to me. Yes, sir. So the Lord Jesus has assigned a ministry to me, yes, to you. Yes, 
Everybody knows that, right? Yes, Everybody here, you're in ministry. Yes, sir. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, 20, 21, the ministry of reconciliation, yes. right? Yes, sir. Glory to God. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, even verse 18 talks about that. We've been reconciled to God. So we're all called in ministry and we have an assignment to fulfill, to finish, a destiny to fulfill. There's somewhere where God's taking you in your life. Okay? So we've been talking about the fact that God wants to do uh, extraordinary things through you. That's the end goal, to do magnificent things through you. You read in Deuteronomy, rather the book of Daniel chapter 11 uh, I think it's around verse 22 somewhere where it says they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits so when you and I walk with God there's something that he's going to have us do you got it your life is bigger than you your life means more than just your fashion statement about your next vacation plans, your, 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 your plans for your career shift and all that stuff like that. That's, that's not what life is all about. Life is about the great exploits that we're going to do for the Lord Jesus Christ. Do the, uh, Daniel eleven thirty two rather. So great exploits. That's us doing big things. Now, who's going to do these big things? It, well, specifically, the Bible says the people who know their God. So the question you simply have to have to ask of yourself: Do I know my God? Do you know your God? If you know your God, you understand God is great. So knowing your God is going to make you strong and make you do. Or carry out. King James used the, used the phrase do. People know that God shall be strong and do. Exploits. But here, we'll say carry out. So to know God, you're going to be strong and do exploits. Are you seeing that? Well, what's the significance of that? Well, God is strong. And he does great exploits. He doesn't do small, minuscule, uh, petty things. Nothing petty about God. Nothing minor about God. God doesn't do any minor things. Everything God does is great. Hallelujah. And so if you know him, and you do know him, right? How many of y'all know him? Let me see your hand. If you know him, Paul said rather known of him, then you are also then as a result of knowing him, you're going to be strong and carry out or do great exploits. So God has a great exploit plan for your life. Now the great exploit, now I know, you know, many times we get caught up thinking about, you know, uh, our mansion, all that kind of stuff like that. That's, that's great, but that's not a great exploit. The great exploit is what he does through you, is the things he uses you to accomplish in this earth. Hallelujah. 
A few years ago, I remember saying to you all one time, I was standing right about here, and it, it dropped in my spirit uh, when I was preaching, and I was saying, God's trying to get us, uh, get us so much money that money doesn't move us. See, he's got to have people who are not moved by money. That you're not, because if you're moved by money, you can be influenced. That's the problem, that's the problem with politics. It's the problem with politics. It's the problem with science. I've been, I've been badgering science. Because everybody gets mad and saying we ought to be listening to all the science. Well, see, science is run by money. Now. Now. Well, certain research says this, and this research says that. Well, you know why? Because it all depends on who's the money source. Whoever funds this research gets the outcome that they paid for. Whoever funds it over here, they get the outcome that they paid for. So man, natural men are influenced by money. And God can't have people like that running his kingdom. He's got to have people who are solely led by the spirit of God. He can't have it where money moves you. That's why, remember the Lord dealt with us on this thing about covetousness? Get rid of, dig out all that covetousness that's in you. That's why you can't, listen to this, you can't go around looking for a career based on how much money it pays. Because many times you'll do that and get caught in the wrong career, in the wrong line, doing something that God didn't call you to do, doing something that's going to impede or hinder the ability that you have to carry out great exploits because you were chasing after two more dollars or $500 or 10,000 more dollars or whatever because of what somebody's going to pay you and you're more concerned about provision than you are about assignment. This is, not, this is not wayside night right here, all right? This, okay. This is good ground night, amen? This is not milk night. This is strong meat night, right? Okay. So we can handle strong meat here. So God needs us to be so <clears throat> uh, focused on him and trusting him that money doesn't move us. We're not moved by money. We're moved by ministry. We're moved by the assignment that God places on our lives. And I seek after that more than I seek after money. If you do that, money will follow you. I better say it again. If you do that, money will follow you. You don't believe me? You read the eighth chapter of Luke. It talks about Jesus Christ, how he went about in ministry in Luke chapter 8, verse 1 through 3, or about there. He talks about how, the Bible talks about how he went about and he's ministering. And the Bible says that these women would come and these other officials, these other people of wealth would come and minister to him of their substance. They would minister to him of their substance. Jesus Christ, is he has a caravan. Remember, he's not traveling by himself. He's got 12 apostles he's paying for. They're paying their way everywhere they go. Every time they go into a town, he's got to take care of them. These guys aren't feeding on themselves. He's taking care of them. And he's not always multiplying fish and bread. <laughs> right? Remember, they, they went in John chapter 4. They went into the town to go buy some bread. They had to go buy some bread. They had to have some money to go buy some bread. They, they didn't go and say, abracadabra, karabashata. No, they had to go buy some bread. So Jesus Christ, he needed money for ministry. But money was not his concern. 
ministry was, was his concern. When you make ministry your concern, when you make your assignment your concern, God will make the money come to you. I wish y'all would grab a hold of that tonight. Are you listening at home? I'm not sure if they got it here. You listen at home? If you make ministry your concern, God will make money follow you. Okay? So he's got to get us to get that in our minds that we are supposed to be about doing great exploits. Tell your neighbor, God wants to use you. Okay, so that's why we've been dealing with this issue about him working in you because remember I said he wants to do something great uh, through you, but before he can do things great through you, he has to do some great things for you. For you. For you. Why for you? So you know what he can do. Okay, here's an example. In 1 Kings uh, 17, when Elijah, he, he calls for this uh, drought three and a half years. Right? At his word, there'll be no rain. And there was no rain. Well, what happened? God sent him to the brook Cherith. Right? And said, go there because I've commanded these ravens to feed you there. So he's already at a point in his ministry where he, he, God has already worked in him. So now God's going to do something for him. Right? And he goes down to Brook Cherith, and every day the ravens, morning and evening, they bring him bread and meat in the morning, the Bible says, and bread and meat in the evening. They're taking care of his needs. God's doing something great for him. Now, once God has done that for him, now God says, okay, get up and go down to Zarephath because I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. Jesus comes along and says he was sent there for her. Over in Luke chapter 4. So, so when he goes down there, now God does something great through him. That's where we get the scripture about your bin of flour. 1 Kings 17 and verse 14. Your bin of flour shall not run out. See, he does something now amazing or outstanding through Elijah. Because Elijah's already been through the process of God doing something for him. You see that? Okay. So we've got to get this in us. I was hoping that, you know, a couple weeks, or last week, to already be on for us. But we're still on this in us part, Tamara. Is that all right? <clears throat> Glory to God. You know, that's, that's really the, the, the major part. The major part is getting something in us. That's what takes the most time. Yes, I shared it with you last week about how um, when John the Baptist was offended by Jesus because he's in prison, Jesus is free. <laughs> he sends his disciples, go ask Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? And when they come to Jesus, Jesus told him, hey, said, he said, hey, go back and tell John. Go tell John the things you see and you hear. He said, tell them the blind see and the deaf hear and the dumb talk, the lame walk, the maimed are made whole. He said, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Because to really get poor to be rich, to be well supplied, they've got to have, it takes some work on the inside. Because see, what I know is if I come and just drop a million dollars in your lap, and you're not ready, you've not learned, you've not developed in how to use that, you'll be broken a matter of a year. How do I know? Read every lottery story. 
People go play the lottery and they win 10 million, 20 million, 150 million dollars, and in a matter of years they are broke. Worse off. I mean, I've seen stories where people people end up on welfare. After having won 120 million dollars on welfare, what happened? Nothing had happened in them. You don't believe me? Check out the athletes. Within five years of NBA, NFL, and, uh, well, just mainly those two, NFL and NBA retirements, the baseball players generally do a little better, but the NFL and NBA retirements, they end up broke within five years. Many of them. A great deal of them. Why? Because they've not let something, they all of a sudden come into money. The Bible says wealth gained hastily will not be blessed in the end. Wealth gained hastily will not be blessed in the end. So you got you to you learn how to develop in these areas. Okay? Now, God wants to do great things through us, and he's got to get some things done on the inside of us. Now, look back at Philippians 2, please. Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13. This has been our, our home base uh, for these couple weeks here. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, you're not doing it just because I'm in your face. <laughs> <laughs> but not, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation. Work it out. Tell them you got to work it out. <laughs> work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay? For, I'm going to go right to the meat of it. For it is God who works in you. So God who works in you. So what, while you're working something out, God is working in you. Both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, I brought to your attention on Sunday how, I mean, just you can see with your own eyes, will comes before do. So he works in you to will and to do for his good pleasure. So before you can do, you have to have the will. So remember what we just read back in Deuteronomy, I don't know, I keep saying Deuteronomy. Daniel 11.32 in the King James, those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. They shall be strong and do exploits. So there's something that you and I are going to do. But what we see here in Philippians 2 verse 13 is before we can do, we have to have the will. And that's what God spends much of the time developing in us is the will to do something. Because I remember I told you Sunday that if he can get the will in you, if he can get you to develop the will, the do is easy. I gave you that scripture in Exodus, Exodus 35, 35, where God said, the Bible said, uh, God told Moses, I have given them, I've placed in them, I'm paraphrasing, I'm, I've downloaded in them the ability to do all this craftsmanship and so forth. Right? He can, he can give you ability, but he can't give you will. You got it? That's very important. It's very important. Thank you, Lord. So I need to let him work in me to get the will to do this. Because once I get the will to do it, the doing is easy. A person, uh, some of y'all are, are uh, younger than me. You've never heard this. But those of you who are my age and above, 
you remember a statement, I remember from, as, as a kid, we used to hear this statement about education. Uh, the programs might have put out said, where there's a will, there's an A. You had that? That program? Your mama bought that for you? On VHS. How many of y'all know what a VHS is? VHS. These kids don't know what a VHS is. Oh, Shannon, you know what a VHS is? See there. You know what a VHS is? You still have yours? What is it, your sonogram, your little baby pictures? Oh, you still have where, where there's a will, there's an A? No, she, she don't have. You have, you, okay. But there's a saying in the world, where there's a will, there's a way. So somebody came out, came out with a program where there's a will, there's an A. So in other words, help, help, helping kids develop the will to learn. Because if you get the will to learn, getting an A is easy. Most kids suffer because they just don't have the will to learn. They'd rather be playing a video game, rather, rather be playing, rather be at football practice. Something's wrong with that when we'd rather be at football practice. I want to say that because you look at our community, people complain, oh, I don't know why our kids aren't succeeding in our community. Go down 31st Street and 54th Avenue. Go down by Bartlett Park. Go to Azalea. And you'll see kids by the hundreds, by the hundreds on a football field, but you call a parent-teacher meeting. Homework helpline and nobody knows, nobody knows, oh, no, 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 I don't have time. I don't, I don't have time to get no tutoring. I can't afford no tutoring, but you bought those cleats. I'm just a saying, I'm just a saying, I'm just a saying. See, and what happens is we, we encourage their will to play football. But don't encourage and develop that, their will to succeed academically. Let alone spiritually. Not even going to touch the spiritual part of it. We put spiritual way at the bottom of the, of the totem pole. I ain't thinking about them spiritually. Okay, let's get back on our assignment here. So we've got to get the wheel. See, if you can get the will to do something, you're the kind of person who you'll work hard. You'll work extra. You'll, you'll, go, you'll go search out. You'll Google it. You'll be, you'll be the one laying out at night and can't hardly rest because you can let me, let me find out. How do I do this? I remember, I remember when my, my wife was learning how to uh, knit, crochet. And I don't even know, why, why'd you even start? Because Janika started crochet. And it looked so fun, right? And so my wife, I mean, she started crochet. She got the will. Just the will to do it. All of a sudden, you know, we, do we sell that, all that baskets and the yarn and all that kind of stuff we still have? Yes, do we still have it? I, I, that's a yes or no question. <laughs> I just asked her, do we still have the bar? She had the wheel. So all of a sudden, all these big old needles in the house. and I mean, just where there's a wheel. All of a sudden, she started making stuff. I mean, wow, look at she, she. She made stuff. I'm like, wow, okay. She got over into, into crafting and making bracelets and jewelry and all that stuff. She's still doing all that kind of good stuff, amen. 
Well, that's a will. I mean, that, this is with not going to school for it, but just getting a will for it. And if you get a will for it, God will open your eyes and see, oh, that's how that's done. Are you following what I'm saying to you? So if you and I just get the will to do something, the ability comes re really easy. You'll be hungry, hungry for it. Hungry to learn, hungry to develop. You'll, you'll never be satisfied. You'll always be the one continuing education even when they don't mandate continuing education. I just want to learn more. I just want to, I just want to learn. So God has to get us to learn, to develop. So he has to get us, first of all, to get the will to do something. Can I give you an example of that? Okay. Let's look over here, please, at um, 1 Corinthians and chapter 12. I got a feeling there's going to be a part six. Tell your neighbor there's going to be a part six. But that'll be okay, wouldn't it? Like I said, Dr. Winston's probably on part 21 right now of the current series he's on. And, that, and that's a sub part. I love it, though. Because, you know, you know I heard, heard this man say this. There's a difference between teaching and learning. I remember hearing uh, Apostle Durbin say this the other night. He was talking about how um, it used to be when he was an er early on as a preacher, uh, he, he wasn't preaching. This is on the daily broadcast that he and uh, Mama Berta do. He was saying that it used to be as a preacher early on, he was just preaching to preach. He wasn't really concerned about whether people got it or not. This is a young buck. You're just excited about preaching. Look what I know. Look what I say. Not really concerned about whether people got it or not. And as he developed, as the Holy Spirit helped him develop, because that's how he has, I know how it works. He, he helped him just like he helped me. Over time, I'm more concerned with people getting it than how I give it. That's why I, I see, y'all probably wouldn't believe this, but when I was a preacher early on, back when I first, God first called me to preach in 1989, I was a hooper. Right, and I can sing. Okay, so because I can sing and because I was in a Pentecostal church and I'm in the black persuasion, Hooping was very natural. That you, you preached and you get, get your points. I got a one, two, three. And you had to stop and say. And Lord, he wants you to go down that road. Oh, Lord. And we, we used to have all these revivals. Some of you remember those moms, some of those youth revivals we had around here. How many of y'all remember those youth revivals you have around all the time? Man, for sure I know you. I mean, we was all just everywhere. Youth revivals and concerts, and we just preaching just to preach, just to holler. Our so my concern as a, as a young preacher wasn't about whether you get it or not. It was about, did I say it, Doc? Doc, you killed him. And I remember, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding, I'm not kidding, not exaggerating. We used to sit around and listen to tapes of people like C.L. Franklin. Jasper Williams. Hallelujah. And just listen to how, how, they, how they hooped. How they, would, how they would crescendo. Modulate. Give me a B flat. Oh, Lord. 
and we know how to keep going and then bring it back down. I got to remind you of this one thing. Oh, Lord. So we knew how to do that. So the concern wasn't about teaching, about, about learning. So, but as we've grown, as we've developed, I understand it's more important for you for you to get it and learn. So I don't, I'm not going to holler until we get another organ. We get an organ, I might. <laughs> we get that organ, I'm going to put it right there. <laughs> ah, yeah. Because it's, it's still down there. Don't, don't you think I can walk the pews? Tell your neighbor, we need to get it. We need to get it. We need to get it. The Bible says, on all you're getting, get understanding. People hooping ain't much understanding going on. Right? So we need to get understanding. Okay? I'm not, listen, I'm not knocking the hoopers. I'm not knocking that. Like I said, you let me get a B3 here. I'm going I'm to probably grab my ear a couple times. But, but we have to make sure we get understanding with all the, the singing. Praise the Lord. Okay, so, see, D, you got it in, too, in you too. First Corinthians 12. He's going to bring his bass out. Boom, boom. Okay, First Corinthians 12. First Corinthians 12. Okay. And uh, let's go to verse, because we're talking about will. How if you get the will first, then the do comes. So 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 31. Here's what the Holy Ghost says through the Apostle Paul. But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. Then he spends chapter 13 talking about a love. Of course, when he wrote it, it wasn't in chapters. He just immediately started talking about love, right? But notice what it says. But earnestly. How many of y'all know what earnestly means? Tell me, what does earnestly mean? Sincerely, wholeheartedly, fervently. I mean, go for it. Earnestly desire spiritual or the gifts, the best gifts, right? Then hold your finger there and turn over to chapter 14. Same book. Chapter 14 and verse 1. What does he say here? Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So notice what he says in both of these verses is the prerequisite for spiritual gifts is desire. Oh, Jesus. It's the will. So if you will, if you want, if you desire, then you can operate in spiritual gifts. He said earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Desire the best gifts, right? Right? Now let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12. You had your finger there, right? Look at, start at verse 4. Because I want you to see these spiritual gifts, or, or better put, uh, manifestations of the spirit okay glory to God look at verse 4 first, uh, first Corinthians 12 verse 4 there are diversities of gifts but what who rather is the better way to put that who the same spirit there are differences of ministries but the same Lord 
and there are diversities of activities or how it's carried out. But watch this. It is the same God who works all in all. He works all in all. The same God who works all in all. Are you seeing this already? Is a light coming on for some of you yet? All right, if not, let's keep reading. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So notice here, when we talk about spiritual gifts, that, that's what he starts in, in 12 verse 1, concerning spiritual gifts. Okay? So that's why I said better put manifestation of the Spirit. So when you operate in a spiritual gift, it's a manifestation of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is doing something. Okay? Now, verse 7. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of how many? Of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Is this, is this getting in your spirit yet? To another, faith. By the same spirit to another gifts of healings by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues but one and the same spirit works all these things. Distributed to each one individually as he wills. Are you seeing this yet? So first of all, uh, you must have the desire. That's what we read in chapter 12. Verse 31, right? Covet earnestly the best gifts. Earnestly desire is how it says in the New King James. Earnestly desire the best gifts. Chapter 14, verse 1. Pursue love and spiritual gifts desire spiritual gifts so when you and I earnestly desire or as the King James says covet earnestly covet now Zamar that's a strong word covet normally you hear covet and it's a negative connotation isn't that right but here he says covet that same strength that same desire that same oomph you have for other stuff Put it in the other direction. He said, covet spiritual gifts. Not, he doesn't mean, I want it because so-and-so got that gift. No, earnestly desire to be used by the Spirit of God. Oh, y'all hear me online? Earnestly desire to be used by the Spirit of God. Not because somebody else has it, and I want to be flashy, and I want to get what they get and do what they do. No, no, no. Because remember he said, put 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31 up there. 1 Corinthians 12, 31 up there. Because he says, uh, earnestly, or, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, right? But, and yet I show you a more excellent way. So there's an excellent way through love, chapter 13, how these gifts operate. So spiritual gifts are never about you. Tell your neighbor, spiritual gifts are never about you. It's not about you getting attention. It's not about you getting money. 
It's not about you developing a following. The signs, these are signs that follow you. Signs point to something. And in this case, they point to someone. Jesus. Everybody shout Jesus. So when the Spirit of God uses me, it's meant to point someone to Jesus. So it's never about me. But I must, I must have the desire. Because he won't forcefully manifest the Spirit through me. If that was the case, Paul wouldn't say desire him. He wouldn't say earnestly desire them. He'd just say, well, go about your business. If God wants to use you, he'll use you. And isn't that amazing that that's what so many people in the body of Christ think? Well, if God wants to use me, he'll use me. That's, that's why so many people uh, resist speaking in tongues. If God wanted me to speak in tongues, he'll make me speak in tongues. No, he won't. No, he won't. God will never make you speak in tongues. No. You read in Acts 2 that when the people first got baptized in the Holy Ghost, they, it says they spake. I think it's Acts 2 verse 4. They spake with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They spake. That's King James, I'm sorry. They spoke. <laughs> See, I grew up King James. So King James is still coming through me. So they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. Right? So He's not going to force word of knowledge through you. Word of wisdom through you. Tongues interpretation through you. Gifts of healings through you. He's not going to force these things. He tells us twice, chapter 12, 31, chapter 14, verse 1, desire. Desire means it's your will. So part of God's challenge, if you allow that word, is to get his children to desire to be used by him. He understands that when most people get born again, their desire is to receive from God. And he understands that God's just fine with that. God's fine. He's perfectly fine, uh, Sheree, with us coming to him because we need something. That's how we come to him. But what he, wants, what he wants us to do is to grow up and develop and mature to beyond just what he can do for me is, God, what can I do for you? And he tells us earnestly. Now, when Paul's writing that letter, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, the whole letter, but those sections, he's not talking to pastors and evangelists and apostles and prophets and teachers. This is to the whole church. So he didn't, he didn't limit these gifts and these manifestations. Man, it seems like I'm, I'm preaching on gifts of spirit. But maybe we need to. He didn't, he didn't limit this to just the fivefold ministry. Oh, my. Who? The members, right? Um, let me show you something here. Go, to, go back to verse 11, 12, verse 11. 12, verse 11. 
But one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to who? Each one. Each one. Each one. Each one. Each one. Tell your neighbor, even you. Each one. Individually as he wills. Thank you, Lord. Now, in chapter 14, there's something else that just came up in my spirit. I wanted to uh, show you. Um, thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, bring that to me. No, that's good, but that's not what I'm thinking about. It's, in the, it's here in this chapter about, so when you all come together, everyone has um, and it's in chapter 14 I, I thought for sure what is it so, 26 yes thank you who said that thank you very much I didn't hear Barbara verse 26 how is it then brethren question mark whenever you come together each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification, period, period. Right? There's, there's no question after those. The question is, how is it then, brethren? The answer is, whenever you come together, each of you. <laughs> Y'all already know this stuff, I'm sorry. Each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Each of you. So in God's eyes, every time we come together, each of us should have one of these things. Church is not meant to be the way we've made it in this modern church or world where it's a one man, one guy standing talking and doing all, I mean, running everything. That's not the way it's designed. But it's been relegated to that because most people in the church don't understand when you come, you're supposed to come with something. Well, what I'm doing, I'm doing, tonight I'm going to receive. We're going to receive. That's great, come to receive, but all you're supposed to come bringing something. What am I coming to bring? I'm going to bring a psalm or a teaching or a tongue or revelation or an interpretation. Well, why isn't it happening? I'm going to give you this. Write this down. The main reason most believers don't manifest spiritual gifts is because they don't want to. Oh. Online, write that down now. Write it down. Put it on your refrigerator at home. The main reason, what I say? Main reason is not sin. The main reason is not because of anger and bitterness in their heart. The main reason most believers don't manifest spiritual gifts is, I could have thrown this word in, simply because they don't want to. Pastor, how can you say that? He works in you both to will and to do. So if you get the will, he's going to do it. The reason you don't, you don't come up with a tongue interpretation is not because 
God don't want to use you is because you don't want to. Well, here it is. I hear it. Well, Pastor, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't mind. He didn't say God's working in you to get you to not mind. That, that, come on, Chris. Paul didn't, didn't take two verses and say, don't mind spiritual gifts. You know, I found out that being tired of, of being overweight isn't enough. Come on this side. Being tired of being broke isn't enough. Being tired doesn't change it. Being tired is just a state of being. Okay, I'm just tired of it. If you don't develop the will to change it, you will still never change. You'll be next year. I'm so tired of being fat. Y'all don't like that. <laughs> I'm, talk, I'm, just, I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking to the people online. Y'all have it down. You all are perfect. Y'all got all this down. I'm tired of being broke. Order me a garlic tray. I'm tired of being broke. Go buy new sneakers. Retros or whatever, all this stuff. Tired of being broke. Being tired. Even I don't mind. Even wishing. Sure wish I was skinny. That ain't gonna change nothing. <laughs> ain't no, ain't nothing, ain't nothing, ain't no, ain't no faith in going to wishing. No, that's what, no, you have to you have to develop a will. And we could use the word Paul uses twice, desire. You gotta want to want to. You gotta get the want to to want to. There's got there's gotta be something in you that clicks that kicks in to say you know what I want something bad enough strong enough to go after it put 1 Corinthians 14 back on the screen 14 verse 1 look at the very first word he says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 pursue love give me another word for pursue chase Go after it. Not, well, it'll be okay. You know, I don't mind. No, no. Pursue love. You know, another place in the Bible says, seek peace and and what? Pursue it. Not, well, we might make up one day if, you know, if we make up. No, it said pursue. Chase it. Chase it. Chase it down. Don't stop till you get the peace. 
Paul says in 1 Timothy 6, he says, pursue righteousness. Flee these youthful lusts. Flee all this other stuff. He says, pursue righteousness. Go after it. Chase after righteousness. Righteousness. Glory to God. Godliness. Faith. He said, pursue all this stuff. In other words, it doesn't just happen. That means you got to get a will. You got you to say, you know what? I'm going to change some things. I'm going to get up from this prostrate position I've been in and I'm going to go after hard, go after what God has for me to do in this life. I'm going to go after this life God has for me to live. Yeah, making your aim to do it. When you pursue something, you're intentional. It'll, it'll, it'll get you going in the morning. It'll keep you up at night. It, you know, not in a bad way keep you up. You know what I'm talking about? Not worry. I'm talking about being about taking, handling business. I'm not going to sleep till I finish this. <laughs> Whatever it takes to finish this. When you're pursuing something, some of y'all, you ever pursued a relationship? Oscar, I see you looking down. You ever pursued a relationship? You had to land, Andy, Angie. You, the, Angie didn't just come easy. Angie, you had to make him pursue a little bit, right? Tell your neighbor, don't be easy. Don't be easy. No, I don't say that. I'm just joking. But it is the truth. Don't be easy now. When somebody pursues, remember this man? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Let me see if I can find this story here. So you know, you got to have a will. You gotta want to. You gotta want to. That's how we say in the hood. You gotta want to. Matthew 13, verse 44. This is gonna sound familiar to some of you when you when you get there. Matthew 13, verse 44. I want to show you what pursue, what earnestly desiring something looks like. Matthew 13, verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for, the, for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. That's what pursuit looks like. Now, I've shared this with young ladies. I should tell them again. If a man doesn't pursue you like this, He's not going to take care of you the rest of your life. If he doesn't say whatever it takes, baby. Look at verse 45. Verse 45. Again. 
The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. How many of y'all believe he earnestly desired that pearl? He earnestly desired that pearl. And listen, oh my God, thank you, Holy Ghost. Because he earnestly desired it, his, this is naturally speaking, his mind conceived how to get it. His mind, just, just naturally speaking, I'm not talking about the Holy Ghost, his mind naturally conceived how to get it. See, if you want something bad enough, you're going to figure out how to, how to make it happen. When you get the will enough, you're going to rearrange. I got to move some money over here, move some money over here. I got to let that go. Okay, what I'm going to sell? I need to get this right here. So when you earnestly desire spiritual gifts or when you earnestly desire to be used by God to do great exploits, you're going to move some things around. Okay, I'm going to get off Facebook. I'm going to get off Instagram. I'm going to get off this whatever or whatever. And I don't mean you have to get off, but you understand what I'm saying? You got to move some things around and prioritize the kingdom. Tell your neighbor, it's time to prioritize the kingdom. You hear me at home? It is time for you to prioritize the kingdom. The kingdom is more than baseball. It's more than football. It's more than basketball. It's more than Netflix. It's more than Hulu. It's more than whatever, 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 whatever. More than Instagram. It's more than Facebook. It's more than all others. It's more than all that. It's more than my job. It's more than anything. It's more than anything. To do about, to be about my father's business is more important than anything. To be used by God is more important than anything. It's more than getting another degree. It's more than going to school. It's more, great if that's what God calls me to do. But if he didn't, I need to make sure I shun that and, and focus squarely on. Because that man, when he found that treasure in that field, he sold everything and bought the whole field, Tamara. He bought the whole field. That is desire. That's having a will to have something. Are y'all hearing this tonight? So he says you got to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Man, the Holy Spirit is doing something here tonight because I, I wasn't just be on this part this long here. I, I, I want to repeat this statement to you. I want to make sure you see it. If you got, if you got to have a picture of it, whatever you got to do. The main reason most believers don't manifest spiritual gifts is because, or simply because, they don't want to. You know why I come forth in tongues, interpretation of tongues? It's because I want to. I want to. When you want to speak in tongue interpretation? No, I just want to be used. I just want to be used. God, I want, I want, I want, I pray every day for full activation of all nine spiritual gifts in my life. I'm by myself. So I pray every day, yeah, I am, all nine spiritual gifts. I pray every day, Lord, I want all nine spiritual gifts active in my life. Every day, I pray all nine spiritual gifts, and I call them by name in the order that I know, in the, in the triplets, 
Word of knowledge, word of, word of, uh, of wisdom, discerning of spirits. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. Faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles. That's what I pray for every day. So I'm not surprised when God gives me a word of knowledge. Somebody here has a liver issue. There's the experience of liver. What's that? There's a word of knowledge. Well, how come God told you that? Because I said I'm willing. It's the only reason. It's not because I'm more anointed than anybody else. I just want to. Y'all got to catch what I'm saying until you hear. It's not because anybody's more anointed. It's not because anybody else has uh, more faith. Now, how does faith play into that, Pastor? The more faith you exercise, the more you exercise the, the gift. That's all. But nobody is more qualified than you to manifest spiritual gifts. Nobody. The only reason you don't is because you don't want to. Well, Pastor, I, I, I think I want to. That ain't going to cut it. Paul has said, think if you desire spiritual gifts, think about it. Are you understanding what I'm saying about will? How important your will is? You're not going to change your physical body till you get the will. You're not going to be transformed by the room of your mind until you get the will. Your marriage isn't going to be right until two people want to. I, I'm sorry. As long as only one person wants to, it's going to kind of stall for a while. You know, you'll survive it and praise God by the grace of God, you'll kind of hang in there. But it ain't going to work, work. You know what I mean when I say work, work? It ain't going to work, work. Work, work. Until both parties want to. And here's the thing. When both parties in a marriage want to, it doesn't matter how bad it's been. It doesn't matter if someone has been unfaithful. Y'all don't like that. Y'all don't like that part. If both parties want to, see your will. See, will, thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm just going to stay here. Your will is part of your soul. We are spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body, right? Your, 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 your soul is made up of your mind your will, and your emotions. And that soul of yours is that valve that's controlling everything. Your spirit wants to do right. Your spirit wants to be right. Your spirit wants to be used by God. Your spirit wants to do everything God has called you to do. Your flesh wants to do the opposite. But the Bible calls your lower nature. Your lower nature wants to do the exact opposite of God's will. Your flesh is all about me, 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 me. Come on, tell the truth. Don't be embarrassed. Everybody in this room is, is this applies to you. I don't care how long you've been saved. Your flesh is selfish. Wants to do your flesh, wants to eat, 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 sleep, 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 play, 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 shop, 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 shop. And don't nobody get in my way. Because I'm going to slap, 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 slap. 
That's your flesh. In my flesh dwells no good thing. First Corinthians 7, right? My flesh dwells no good thing. Your flesh doesn't want to do right. Your spirit, though, longs for God. Your flesh longs, your spirit longs to do the will of God. Your, your spirit knows, your spirit has been reprogrammed by God to be used. But your soul there in the middle is the one saying, well, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. See, your will, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. This is how this is going to go. I'll, go to, I'll let you go to church and everything. But when we leave church, this is what your soul is saying. When we leave church, it's on. It's my time. I'll let you go sing a couple little songs, your little cute little songs. But when we go home, it's, my, it's all about me. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. I mean, you, you know how I know this, right? Because I have a soul too. And you know, you know who's in charge of your soul? You. The Bible says glorify God in your spirit and your body, which are God's, but your soul is yours. So that's why you have to make up your mind. You have to develop the will. You have to get your emotions in check. That's soul control. By patience, possess your soul. That word possess literally means control it, control it, control it, control it. You know, you know if a horse about to go off, off the deep, you know, you got to control it. Ho, ho, ho. If you let a horse run away, you're going to be off in the Grand Canyon somewhere. Namika tells a story about how they had gone to see the Grand Canyon and y'all on the horse, right? And, and the man's trying to take them, take the horse over to the edge so they can see the edge, look into the canyon. <laughs> you, you wouldn't go within 100 yards of the edge. No, no, no. Uh-uh. Mm-mm, no, no, no. Let, let me off this horse here. We're going back the other way. That horse may get start bucking, go wild. That's a pretty big hole down there. So we got to possess our soul. So within your soul is your will. And that controls everything. How many know that God wants to use you? We know that 1 Corinthians 12 that we just read, it says the Holy Spirit does these things, gives these gifts or manifestations severally as he wills. So we already know the Holy Ghost wills. God wills to do it. He wants to use every one of us. But what's in, in, the, in the way is our will. And again, please don't anybody get upset and get mad and leave the church on this. I'm just going to repeat what I've already said. The main reason most believers don't manifest spiritual gifts is because they don't want to. Thank you, media. You put the word simply. Simply because they don't want to. Now, don't anybody get mad. Because if you fall into this, into this area here that I'm talking about, only thing you got to do is want to. 
And you know how you get to want to? Is you, you say, well, say, Lord, I want to be used by you. Can I, can I tell you something? Uh, I've, been, I've been, you know, Lord really helped me get on this thing. So I'm really trying to take better care of myself now. Uh, physically, you know, do the, do the things you got to do physically. And, but my whole life, my whole life, even as an adult, I have said, I don't like water. I'm just telling you, my whole, my whole life, even as an adult, and I know how important water is. Come on, somebody look at me, but you the same way with vegetables. I don't like broccoli. I don't like Brussels sprouts. Some of y'all are the same way. So don't, don't, don't pick on me. Don't come for me because I'm going to clap back at you. That's how y'all do. Okay. <laughs> right? That, that's how y'all do, right? So, so but I've said, I, I don't like water. I don't like water. I could go out and work and cut the yard, you know, and, and I mean, be out there for six hours, come in, drench, soaking, drench, and thirsty. And I look in there and there's no soda. I'm just, I'm just telling, I'm just being honest, Barbara. I'm co- confession is good for the soul. So I'm getting this off my chest, right? My soul is being cleansed. I'm being purified before God. Creating me a clean heart, oh God, renew a right spirit in me. And I will go in there and there's no, there's no soda, there's no juice, there ain't nothing, some flavor in it. Close the refrigerator and keep it stepping. Just still thirsty. Now that's stupid going to seed. Isn't it? Isn't it? Y'all calling me stupid, right? Okay, I'll just, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, he said it. But I, so what? So for years, as I said that, I didn't. I trained my soul to not drink water. It, it, I had to get rid of just outright, downright thirsty, thirsty. Like I'm about to pass out before I just drink water. Dehydrated almost. It never happened, like to my knowledge. Well, I, I, actually, times when you know, I probably have been dehydrated. Yeah, I was. It didn't matter to me. I didn't like water. Give, give me a Mountain Dew. Give me Mountain Dew. I need a Mountain. telling you <laughs> so that cup didn't carry that's what to my distance for pastor drink water it wasn't water going in that cup I can tell you that thank you Adrian thank you Barry but that was not water was not going in that cup no no until a couple weeks ago and the Lord no, I wasn't drinking water. It's dark cup. You can't see in it. I'm just telling you. No. You know what? I didn't have the will. I didn't want to. And because I kept saying, I don't want it, my body just. And it was just always nasty to me. 
oh, try this water tastes good. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it, that water, it tastes nasty. As you saying you never drank water? I'm not saying I never drank water. I go out to eat with somebody. They drink water. So I'm going to give, give, give me a little glass of water first. Hey, bring me another Diet Pepsi, please. <laughs> just, just telling you. Until a couple weeks ago, and my, I'm talking about mind, will, and emotions. In my mind, I decided. I'm 49. And I, want to, I don't want my wife growing old by herself. I decided I want to walk my girls down the aisle. I decided I want to stand with my son when he gets married. I want to see my children's children's children. And when I decided that, then now my Will had to adjust. So at the moment, I still didn't like water. You know what I do? I had to say, I like water. Y'all not catching it. I had to start saying, I like water. <laughs> I like water. This water is just awesome. This water is the... I didn't know water was this good. I mean, I'm literally having to say this to retrain myself. This is how you renew your mind. To the point I just say, I desire water. I desire water. So for like the last two weeks, that's all I've had to drink is water. Well, I, I end up going to the store one day because I'm like, okay, I'm just water. <laughs> okay. So I, I, bought, I bought this unsweetened apple juice. You know, normal apple juice, they add sugar to it. You know that, right? So I bought this unsweetened apple juice, which is like, which is like that baby. You know what babies drink? Horrible. <laughs> Give me some sweet and low in this thing. <laughs> equal something I'm just joking I didn't do that but it's gross but you know what because it's better for me I, I've, I've been drinking it I've been drinking it but other than that I've been drinking exclusively water now that doesn't come easy in fact to this day it's still not easy yet I'm still having to say I like water I want water I desire water. Now, some of y'all looking at me like, what's wrong with you, guy? Because you've always been water drinkers. You've always had your eight glasses a day and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. But when you're, when you're being converted, this is, this is every area of your life, Chris. This is, this is, I had to do this with water. I had to do the same thing with money. I, had to do this. I mean, this is how you do it. So I had to confess. Confess. Say something out of my mouth. I like water. I enjoy water. Got it, that water. And, and, and I, my wife will tell you, I always hated ice in water. Oh, my God, that's the worst thing. Ice in water? 
I don't know how y'all put ice in water. That is the worst thing. And some of y'all are like, that's the only way to drink a passion is ice water. A cold glass of ice water? Give me some ice water, ice water. I'm like, ugh, that is gross. That is gross. See, y'all, y'all never knew this about me, did you? Y'all just thought, man, pastor always drinks ADAC. No, y'all, y'all knew that. You did. You didn't know I had a thing, I had a thing about Mountain Dew, did you? Oh, my goodness. Mount, me and a Mountain Dew, that's like, like it's, that's, that's like romantic, bro. It's romantic. It's like Mountain Dew. I'm just telling you. It's just, <laughs> yeah, my wife had to stop buying her. Can anybody attest to what I'm saying to you? I would go to Taco Bell. I would go to Taco Bell. You know why? Because they had diet Mountain Dew. See, so it was diet. Okay, that's better. But I still get that Mountain Dew taste. So anyway, to, to get that change, I had to say, I like water. I like water. No, I mean literally, out of my mouth, say, continuously to this day. Like tonight, we'll, we'll go get something to eat tonight, and I'll go and get my little cup, and there's, because the water is always at the same thing with all the soda, Right? You like, and and the water where the water is is usually part of another drink. Just push it, and I'd say, water, water. And you know it's worse when, when you go and you, you pay for like a combo and the combo comes with a soda. <laughs> Water. Because <laughs> when you think about money too, that's like, dog, pay for this thing and I got to drink water. But my point is, it's you have to say this. So one thing as Christians, we got as believers, we got to say, I want to be used by God. God, I want you to use me. God, I want to do great exploits for you. God, I want to be a worker of miracles. God, I want to lay hands on the sick and the sick recover. See, if you're not saying it, the the desire doesn't just come to you. It's not just, God does like I said, he can download the skill, the ability, but he will not download the will into you. You have to say, God, I want to. I want to be used. Don't raise your hand when I ask this, but how many of you would say, it's been a while since I told the Lord I want to be used? Don't raise your hand. You see? I can, I can, I can tell. I know it because it's not something that people think about necessarily. 
But I guarantee you, if you and I, listen to me online, if you and I would start to every day say, Lord, I want to be used by you. God, I want to be a worker of miracles. See, God doesn't need to bring Apostle so-and-so from New York or from Africa to work miracles. These signs shall follow them that believe. And if you believe, these signs will follow you. But he's not going to force them on you. You know, that's in Mark 16, right? But you read down to the last verse of that scripture, uh, of, of that chapter, he says, and the Lord went with them. He was working with them, bringing the accompanying signs. Working with them. He didn't force them. He worked with them. Put this scripture on the screen for me, please, man. And then we, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna stop because we have to pick this up because this is the introduction. We keep getting stuck on the introduction. Go back to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 6 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 6 and verse 11. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right. Notice the last part of this. But it is the same God who works. It is the same God who works. Now, it's not here God who wills. It's you will, God works. Give me verse 11. Verse 11. Verse 11. And the same Spirit works all these things. You will it, He works it. Now give me John 14, verse 10. John 14, verse 10. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, media, for following along because we got all kind of all over the place. Thank you. John 14, verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. The Father who... Do- now, this is Jesus talking. So Jesus... Depending on the same working of the Father as you and I have to. He didn't do what he did because he was the Son of God. He did what he did because he was willing. And the Father worked through him. So if you and I become just as willing, remember the Bible says in Hebrews, Lo, I come to do thy will. O Lord, in the volume of the book is written of me. So Jesus came to do God's will. So when you and I have the will, then our Father, who dwells in us, will do the works. All I got to have is the want to. All I got to have is the want to. That's all it takes. If you have the want to, by the end of the night, you can be flowing in tongues, interpretation of tongues. Prophecy. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles. Only thing between you and doing any of that is the desire. Y'all hear that? Now that right there was worth the price of admission. How much did y'all pay to get here? Oh, it's free? Y'all let the people in for free? 
gonna collect the offering from everybody then. <laughs> so it, it's it's worth it to know that by tomorrow I can be walking in the manifestation manifestation of the spirit. All I do is just want to. Well, Pastor, we're not gonna be in church tomorrow. Are you gonna be at work tomorrow? Oh, oh it's not just for church. You know, you're doing all that, right? Put up Mark 16:20 again. Mark, I saw you had it. Mark 16:20. Mark 16:20. And they went out and preached everywhere. Did y'all catch that? They went out preaching and preached everywhere. Is your job aware? Is your school aware? Is Publix aware? Is Walmart aware? Come on, is Red Lobsters aware? Swimps and cheddar biscuits. You know, in between that, God can use you in a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom and gifts of healings. Every day. Everywhere. Every day. Everywhere. Everyone. Wouldn't that be awesome if it, for this church, at least I can't speak for the whole body of Christ, but if in this church we said everyone, everywhere. Working in the ministry of the Spirit? What would happen to our city if everyone went everywhere and the Lord worked with us confirming the word through the accompanying signs? We could change this city in no time. Now it's changing. God's already changing the city through us. Our prayers are effective. But what happens when we match our prayers with our desire to manifest the gifts of the Spirit? This city will be absolutely rocked by the power of God. Somebody in the grocery store is going to be blessed because of you tomorrow. Anybody in there? Somebody at your job, their life is going to be turned around because of you tomorrow. Why? How do I know? Because I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm confessing from my mouth that you want to. Who am I right about? If I'm right about you, get on your feet, let's pray. I'm right about you, say, I want to. I want to. I want to be used by God. You receive that tonight? Put those hands together and give God a great praise tonight for the word of God. I want to be used by you. I want to be used by you, Lord. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My sincere prayer. And this is what I'm asking you to do. The same way I'm, I'm literally every day saying, I like water. I like water. I enjoy water. My flesh is saying, no, you don't. I'm saying, shut up. I like water. And all of a sudden, these memories come back of that sweet taste of Mountain Dew. Have to cast down. Shut up. Get out of here, Satan. Oh, I like water. I really enjoy water. This is a real struggle, man, but I'm winning. Hallelujah. 
praise God. The devil hates the fact that you came tonight. Those of you that are watching online, the devil hates the fact that you tuned in and heard what you heard tonight. But it's fair. I hate him too. <laughs> and that's his bad. He should have killed me while I was out in the street. While I was still a heathen, he should have killed me. He messed around and let me find out who Jesus was for myself. Not my mama and my, my daddy's salvation, but for myself. Now I can't do anything with me. And I, I'm just going to end on this. I, I didn't mean to. Spiritual gifts wasn't my lesson tonight. <laughs> but God needed to get that through to us because I'm telling you, he's ready to use us in an extraordinary way. So he, he wants us to, to go out, carry out great exploits. And we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Amen? Amen. Lord, tonight, thank you so much for the word. Thank you so much for your spirit. Thank you for the revelation that you allowed to flow freely in this place. Thank you, Lord, for taking this lesson the direction you wanted it to go for your kingdom's sake. Because, God, you are raising up an exceeding great army. Those here in this house, those online, those who are part of our extended family, even, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are raising us up to do great exploits here in the earth. God, we declare, and I commit myself continuously, and I pray that your people commit to every day, declaring with our mouths, Lord, I want to be used by you. Lord, I want you to use me. Use me today, Lord. Manifest your spirit through me. Manifest your spirit in my life. Use me. Lord, I declare, you know I declare, Father, to you all the time, that here I am, and the children you've given me, we are for signs and wonders in the earth. We are for signs and wonders. So Lord, let us manifest. God, we're declaring tonight that we want to. We want to. Continue to work in us to will and to do for your good pleasure. We submit our wills to your wills. We declare, even as Jesus Christ declared, not our wills, but your will be done. And what we do is we realign our wills with your will. Your will be done. Have your way. Now, Father, as we do that, let it be the, word, the way your word described for the church, that when we come together, what is it? Everyone comes with a teaching with a psalm, with a revelation, with a tongue, with an interpretation. God, you didn't mean for it to be a one-man show. You never meant for it to be a select few to do all the talking. You meant for the church. You, your word says, Father, every joint supplies. So let it be that this house will be a model of the Acts 2 church, a fingerprint of the Acts 2 church that Lord every joint will supply that we'll all have something to bring and that as we grow when we go back out into the world we'll have something to offer the world willing vessels 
ready to be used, used by you. So, Lord, we're always going to be on call for you, on standby. Not, not with a mindset of, Lord, it'll be okay if, no, we're pursuing spiritual gifts. Use us is our prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Once again, give God a praise tonight. Hallelujah.